I can honestly say that the crosses that God permitted me to have, some of them brutal, but they were perfect for me. And I think they really put me in my place and they really make me depend upon him. And, um, but it's not, it isn't easy in the way that we think it's easy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Crab and the Cross podcast. I'm your host, Mary Rose, and my guest today is Father Larry Swink. We basically put a moratorium on all of the annoying and trite spiritual cliches that people throw around. I think when someone close to us is suffering or going through a hard time, we want to say something that's going to comfort them. We want to console them, but we don't really know how. And so we kind of resort to throwing these phrases at them in the hopes that it will just kind of make them feel better. And I don't think they are necessarily damaging, but they don't really help and they don't really uplift somebody. I think they, you know, maybe they can generate some optimism, but I wouldn't say they really generate um, real encouragement or real hope in the theological sense. So Father Larry Swink and I break these down, kind of sort the wheat from the chaff with these statements. Often they have some truth in them, but they're just a little bit shallow um, and a little bit dismissive sometimes. A little editorial note. um, I know some friends and family members who listen to this podcast know Father Swink, um, and he mentions that he was like going in for surgery um, at a point in this podcast. We recorded this earlier in June, so he is not going into surgery soon, although you never know. Um, Please keep him and his health in your prayers. But just want to give you um, a little note about the timing of this podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to. Please give me a follow on Instagram at the Crab and the Cross podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mary Rose Depp. And if you want to support this podcast, you can click the link in the description and become a patron. I want to give a special shout out to Eric who has become a monthly patron. You can also support me by simply rating and reviewing in your podcast app or sharing it with a friend or on social media. Thanks for listening. And now here is my conversation with Father Larry Swink. Father Larry Swink is a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington and just celebrated his 17th anniversary of priesthood. During his ministry, he has served as a pastor, chaplain, and retreat master. He also co-hosts the Deeper Dive podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's great to be with you, Mary Rose. So one of the things that I always appreciate about you is that you have a deep spirituality, but you're very good at giving just practical advice, which I think a lot of Catholics need because we can kind of get stuck in our own heads and spun up and... We just need like help transitioning to the point of action. Um, So I thought it'd be interesting to get your take on some of these spiritual cliches that a lot of Christians, but even a lot of non-Christians just naturally say, you know, they're phrases that aren't necessarily in scripture, but might have some harmony with things in scripture. Um, So I thought we could run through a couple and and kind of discuss them. Sure. (laughs) So the first one that comes to mind, and, and people say this all the time, is that God helps those who help themselves uh, or help themselves. 
True or false? Um, well, it depends on how you see all these, all these uh, phrases have partial truths to them, but they're, they're so yeah. cliche. And right. Like, you sit there and you scratch your head. Well, how am I supposed to help myself? Right. Um, I, I think, see, the problem is there's a little bit of, I think, a Pelagianism in there mm. where it's like, you know, if you do certain things and God will help you. And yeah. we, our theology is really based on grace where I think maybe the better thing is um, God will help those who accept his grace. Mm. like words are very important. Like, so like, what does it mean to help yourself? You know, like you can help yourself to like a second, you know, a second, you know, um, portion of mashed potatoes after dinner, or you can help yourself to an extra, another coffee, or help yourself to something. I mean, what does that mean? Um, maybe let's look at it this way. Let's take a, let's take a part of the catechism where it talks about, um, worry in the, our father, right? And in the, our father, yeah. it says, you know, uh, give us this day, our daily bread. And in there, it says, um, I think it's, this is where the section is where it says, pray is everything dependent upon you, but work is everything dependent. No, pray is everything dependent upon God, but work is everything dependent upon you. Yeah. And that, that kind of makes more sense. So, I mean, yeah, we have to avoid quietism where you just sit around and just pray and then, okay, God's going to help me. And all this other stuff. Well, yeah, but maybe, maybe he's already thrown your rope and you're not, not listening. So, um, <laughs> right. I, I guess, uh, how, how would you answer that? Well, I think uh, on the one hand, I think about how a lot of times in scripture, we, especially Jesus, we see him helping the helpless. So right, exactly. sometimes it, it's almost the opposite that right. we, we need to realize our own neediness and call upon the savior. Um, but on the other hand, like you said, we ha- we can't fall into this quietism. I mean, I just, you know, a very simple example. It's like, well, think about if a married couple wants to have a baby. Well, they pray for a baby, they ask God for a baby, but they also have to, you know, do the thing that makes the baby, right? Like, or else there's not going to be a baby. Right. Unless the, you know, one example in all of human history. Right. Um, so, or like if, you know, somebody loses their job, like, of course they they are even more dependent upon God for, for sustenance. Um, and of course they're going to be praying and looking for another job, but they have to like, make a resume, send it out. I mean, I would assume, right? Sometimes things fall into our lap, but we can't expect that, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then you make up a great point. What about someone that's helpless? Does God not help them? You know? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it kind of comes from like the Protestant sort of work ethic, you know, which is very American that mm-hmm. you, know, you got to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And, and uh, like you said, it's a little bit Pelagian. Yeah. There's, like I said, there's partial truth. I mean, you can't, like you there's said, there's always there, partial truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things you just have to do. I mean, if, um, all right, for instance, let's take, let's take, um, like, all right, what I'm going through right now, um, with medical problems, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I've been praying for a miracle, but there comes a point where the miracle might c- come to the hands of a doctor. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, God will help you, but maybe the help is not what you're expecting the way mm-hmm. he wants to help you. Yeah. Which is actually, I mean, it, it might seem less supernatural, but God likes to be coworkers with his creatures. Like, mm-hmm. and that can be through, uh, you know, somebody who has a healing gift, but it could also be somebody who has given their life, you know, to the medical profession. And God is not limited by only acting through supernatural means. <laughs> Which, well, part is, maybe part it is supernatural, but a lot of it's natural. Yeah, and it's like accepting yeah. the, the thing. I remember uh, there's a funny story about this where uh, several years ago, back in 2019, um, my hip went out 
and uh, I was in tons of pain. So um, if I become a can I say, by the way, I'm going to put all my like fake prostheses all over the place. It won't be body parts. <laughs> it will be like titanium parts. Hey, there's this hip, <laughs> hip uh, joint. Oh, there's some cervical spine joints, you know, whatever. But, um, but anyway, so this, I invited one of the Scott brothers or twins uh, from there. One's in Peru. I think both maybe are in Peru and they're missionaries and they uh, used to be uh priests in the diocese and they're big in the healing ministry. So everyone knows them mm. in this area is like, you know, over 60. And, um, so I think they worked with Father Luby back in the day. You know, I don't know if you've heard about him, but he was a big oh. charismatic healing priest. And okay. so long story short, yeah, we had, we invited for his mass and I was kind of excited. And so, you know, I helped him pray over people. And then I knelt in front of him and he, he like, you know, he kind of put his head down. He's like, what do you want, Father? I'm like, well, Father, I'm just asking you to pray to heal my hip. And, uh, you know, I have surgery. I just don't want to do it. And so he prayed over me and he was like, uh, the Lord said your surgery will be fine. <laughs> and, it, oh. and, uh, and it, went, it, it really did go wide, but it, it was kind of one of those things where I felt at peace mm. and, um, yeah. And I, he was right. I mean, it went, it went perfectly and God helped wow. heal me through the surgeon. I'd rather just get up. I'm like, I'm healed, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another phrase that's kind of related to this is that, um, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that one. Okay. Really? <laughs> I really, I really do like that one. Um, because I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any error in it. I think it's too, it's taboo. Mm -hmm. I think we hear it so much yeah. and, um, um, it's catchy. Um, but I think there's a hundred percent truth to it. Um, yeah, I mean, because most people are not qualified for what they're doing, especially if they're working for God. Mm. I mean, no one, I mean, if they said they were, they'd be like, just fill, fill with pride and hubris. I, I, I just, right. um, so yeah, I mean, God gives you the, the grace to fulfill your ministry. That's the whole thing of holy orders and matrimony. That's why we have sacraments to help us with this. And he qualifies us. Uh, I don't think he qualifies for everything. Some people are unqualified for certain positions. You never apply for the right. position. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's, if you are, if you are authentically called a hundred percent, I think that's, that's key. I mean, we don't want to like, you don't want to use that as an excuse for incompetence, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, or, an, or as an excuse to just not do your part. Right. Um, I mean, it's tricky because like there are natural gifts and I think about, I mean, we think about some of the great minds of the church, you know, that, that became, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, like he was qualified to be a theologian because he had, you know, an amazing memory, you know, a really astute intellect. He also put in the amount of study. I mean, you know, if somebody has a middle school education, doesn't mean that they couldn't, um, you know, know the secrets of the kingdom, kind of like how Jesus says, you know, it's been hidden from the wise and given to the humble of heart. But at the same time, should he be a professor at the Dominican House of Studies or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> right. No, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And um, yeah, I, I think that you, a person can't use that for themselves if they're not qualified for the position and say, oh, you know what? God qualifies the call. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. But I mean, let's take an example for, all right, for instance, like these next couple of weekends, we have the ordinations of the diaconate and the um, priesthood. 
right? Yeah. And a part of the ordination rite is that the uh, bishop asks the person in charge of the formation, do you find, do, do, after, after, you know, investigation, do you find these men worthy? And after investigation, we have found the, deemed them worthy, which is very interesting that they had to go a process where, you know, we had to see where the men actually qualified for the position. Yeah. Now, even though they're qualified for the position, they still need a heck of a lot of grace to fulfill right. the vocation of priesthood because it's a hard job and, and same with marriage. But there are certain people that should never get married because they don't have the qualifications. Let's say someone has mental illness, like severe mm -hmm. mental illness. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be an impediment to marriage. Like how could, you know, I mean, I'm very severe. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, you know, where, the, you know, if they have a double personality or, you know, you know, they're schizophrenic and maybe they can't necessarily get married in the Catholic church, you know, or get married. Um, it might not be good for the, and it, could they fulfill the obligations of marriage? Right. So could God qualify that? I mean, of course he could, but there's, are, there is limitations to that say, saying too. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I think the, the most important point of the statement is, is just the fact that like, I kind of like the previous one, like we are dependent upon God ultimately, like for the grace, um, for the gifts, whether it comes through a natural means or like a supernatural means, you know, like the, the sacrament of, of ordination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Here, do you like that the, saying is my question. Oh, do I like it? I, I do. I mean, at the end of the day, I do like it because I'm the kind of person where I can um, overstress about things and feel like I have to do everything perfectly. And so mm -hmm. it is kind of nice to lean back a little bit and say like, well, God can work through me. Like I, lo I love the phrase from St. Paul where he says, you know, power is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> and then I can say, well, he's like, you know, I boasted my weaknesses and that, that that's kind of comforting a way to say like, all right, well, I'm not strong. So mm -hmm. More, more for more glory for you, God, if, if right. this goes well. Right. Yeah. All right. Here's a kind of a, a light one. Um, is cleanliness next to godliness? <laughs> um, well, I, that's an interesting saying. Um, well, okay. Does that mean is your car clean? Then uh, <laughs> I would definitely not be godly. Um <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit, a little bit of a stretch. Um, I think it's, well, okay. Cleanliness in a spiritual way, cleanliness in a, in a physical mm. way. Once again, these sayings are very wide open. Right. Right. Okay. That's the problem with that statement. Like cleanliness, how, mm -hmm. you know, uh, doesn't mean a person has to be perfectly spiritually clean to be, have a godliness to them. Uh, does a, does a person have to have like all the virtues perfectly cleansed, you know, like all sin completely cleansed in order to be godly? Well, I mean, there's, there's a part of it that says, yeah, I mean, the more cleansed you are of sin and defects, the more God shines through you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a person who's cleanly, even in their physical appearance, um, you know, there's something about there's, there's, there's the virtue that comes with that, where a person is very disciplined, right? Yeah. So, right. Clean. Yeah disciplined and ordered. And I think, you know, uh, maybe cleanliness makes it easier to be God, to find godliness would be a better way of saying that. Mm. Like if you practice the virtues, you know, like if I put my keys in the same place every time I wouldn't be, Hey, where's my keys? And you know, right. uh, if, um, I put everything in its proper place at every time, which I don't, I mean, um, <laughs> 
there's a, a saying of St. Jose Maria that really struck me when I was a teenager. And I, we were at a meditate, I was at a meditation as a teenager. And I think the priest was talking about orderliness. And he said, you can always know the state of a person's soul by looking at their bedroom. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh geez, a flip, you know, like I, I started to have a panic attack. I was like, right. man, if he saw my room, he'd be like, you need to get a confession. You know, like, <laughs> I, I I really have pondered about that question. I mean, obviously, I think there are people that have like really spick and span rooms that their souls in disorder. But I right. think the point he was making is that it shows something about the virtue of the person, right? Yeah, I think that one makes a lot of people nervous, especially those who have a lot of young kids and they feel like their house is just always a mess because they're always cleaning up after kids, you know, having to make meals, having to do laundry, and right. They can feel very ashamed because they're not living in this, you know, tidy home. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's a partial truth. Once again, not a hundred percent truth. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't like that one too much because yeah. it's too vague. And it's like, well, cleanliness is godliness. It's like, well, I mean, that's nowhere in the catechism. It's maybe, yeah. It's is maybe it even, like, is it scriptural? I don't actually know. I, I mean, maybe something in the Proverbs, you know, could relate to that, but I can't think of anything in the Gospels where, uh, at least, like you said, related to outward cleanliness. Obviously, Jesus talks always about, you know, what what comes from within is what uh, defiles us. Right. Um, but it, it, it's, I think there's, you know, because we live in this very um, social media culture, a lot of people become more focused on the outward than the inward. And, and obviously it's not one or the other, but, um, you know, if, if, if you're like neglecting your kids so that you can have a beautiful home, then there's, you know, something's a little bit off there. Right. Yeah. Okay. This one I've heard you talk about. I think this one we, um, we can go pretty deep on, but, um, does God ever give you more than you can handle? <laughs> Ugh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, like, like, let's be clear. This is, this is just an opinion of mine, but I, I think that's, I think that's theologically incorrect. Mm. Um, that statement. Okay. And the reason, um, is that let's be honest. I mean, what person even listen to this podcast has not been in a situation where you were just at the end of your rope, like the first reading today at mass, you know, where, uh, you know, what was it? Tobit, you know, he had a bird. <laughs> dumping his right eye. right he's, he's complaining about and it and he goes to the doctors and it gets worse and and he's like no cure and then his wife starts you know saying i don't want to be with you anyway and it's just one thing after another and his friends start you know bashing his name and he's just like all right it's better if i'm not alive i mean god got you know job the book of job right i mean what person could handle that without a, right you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could go on and on and on. So I I think a better I, I just don't I've never liked that. I've never liked that thing. And I've had people say that to me this last year, like, mm. Father, God never gives you more than you can handle. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. You know, I'm like, I, I don't. I'm like, well, let's trade places. And now I get it. My, my, my priest friend, I was at his rectory and in one of his rooms, I I, I just uh just saw this picture he had hanging on the wall and it says um god's providence will not bring you will his grace will not supply mm -hmm. now i like that 
yeah. God's providence will not bring you where his grace will not supply. Now that's a much more uh, succinct way of saying God never gives you more than a handle. It's like right. God gives you, will not allow something to handle where his grace will not take care of you. Yeah. And, and I think, I think sometimes God allows us or even brings us to our breaking point um, because then it brings us to that point where we are relying on him and not ourselves. Right. And, you know, like, I, I think there's this misconception that if, if you're holy or if you follow God, that either, either a, like, if you give your life to God, everything's going to always be okay. You're never going to suffer or be like, you're just going to be so strong that nothing will ever break you, you know? And I just, I mean, we don't even see that in Christ. Like we see Christ in the agony in the garden, you know, completely broken. Um, right. Uh, but then the angel comes and like brings him consolation. Right. No, I get you. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, what do you like that saying? Well, I think it, um, I think there's an optimism to it where you can kind of say like, Oh, well, God will never give me more than I can handle. So I won't, I, you know, I won't have to anticipate any extreme sufferings because I probably couldn't handle them anyways. You know um, it's one of those things that maybe it's true for a lot of people in the sense that their sufferings will be very um, moderate, but I know people who go through tremendous ordeals and I think it's almost dismissive of their pain you know, to say, well, you know, I'm sure you're handling it fine because God never gave you more than you can handle. And they're like, I'm not handling, I need help, you know? Yeah. I hundred percent. Yeah. I like that. So, I mean, I, I've never, I, I've said that to people. I used to preach that. No, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I, mm. um, I've, I've said, look, you probably heard it said, you know, and it's like, oh, it's like the, well, all right. Even though I can't stand the footsteps story, I actually <laughs> preach that. I believe it or not. I had oh, never yeah. heard that story um, my whole life until I was a priest. And I was like, really? I, I, yeah, I was at a family's house using the restroom and, you know, and I look up at the wall, it's like in every, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. bathroom, you know, Thomas at the lighthouse. Yeah, probably. And it was, it was God carrying me and he's only one set of footprints, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's pretty profound. And I preached it. And Pat Lewis, father, Pat Lewis, who uh. was um, discerning, uh -huh. He was on a hiking trip with me and I was the young priest invited to go on the hiking trip. And I preached that. And he's like, he was like so upset that I used that story. He's like, that was the lamest homily I've ever heard. Oh, no. And he still brings it up. And <laughs> because of that, I never used the footsteps. I'm so dumb, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you talking about? It was Hallmark, you know, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember I took a Christian spirituality class in college and the, the, professor was a Benedictine uh, priest. And he just asked like, can anybody name a Psalm and a girl raised her hand? And she's like, Oh, the footsteps poem. <laughs> He's like, no, right. that is not one of the Psalms. Um, and then there, there's like a new version of it where, where, you know, it's like, Oh, where there's only one set of footprints. That's where I carried you. And then that trench, that's where I dragged you. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. I like that one better. The dragging. <laughs> thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know, like there is, it's definitely not in scripture, but there is, we do hear about, well, one, we hear about like Jesus taking the lamb and carrying it on his shoulders. And so there is a sense in which, you know, maybe he is carrying us um, in some sense. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I think about with that phrase, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle. Like, how do we square that with, how do we square people 
receiving far more than they can handle with Jesus saying that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Oh, you, I love that line. Yeah. Cause I, well, sometimes it feels like the burden is very heavy, you know? Okay. No, I'll, I'll explain. I preach that. Uh, I'll preach that. Uh, I, I preached that a uh, um, couple, couple of days ago with the sisters uh, down here. And okay. I used to, that, that particular line of scripture uh, used to be one of my favorites. Uh, well, no, it was one of my, well, let's put it this way. It's become my favorite. And it wasn't until I understood it. First off, like I, as a kid, I thought Jesus was talking about egg yolk. And so I was like, <laughs> I was always sitting there like, my yoke is easy. I'm like picturing Jesus holding a yoke and like, like, right. Um, Scrambling so, eggs <laughs> over easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, you know? But then I found out that the yoke was euphemism of the cross and, and, and then, but mm. I said, so that helped me a little bit. But then I was like, exactly like you're saying, I was like, but wait a minute, the cross is not easy. And, but then when uh, I was actually oddly, uh, providentially, I, I live with Monsignor now, I was reading one of his blogs because I looked it up and he had a really awesome homily on this. And he, the word for easy in Greek, uh, it translates not easy as in the way we understand it in the English version, which is like, oh, it's, this is a sense, you know, God's grace makes it, oh, like, you know, I'm in pain, but yeah. I'm, you know, um, yeah. so I have pain meds and it doesn't, I don't feel it. No. Um, what it is, what it is, is it means suitable hmm. that my cross is suitable for you. And I think that's something to pray about when we're going through a particular suffering, whether it, you know, um, it's an emotional suffering state of life that you, a person doesn't like, uh, physical suffering, chronic pain, whatever it might be. It's like, this is suitable for you to make you holy. And hmm. It's where God's providence is providing the grace, but you're not going to notice it until you get through it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's just the, the suitable part is, is really where that's what we get. And that's like, I mean, to be honest, like, uh, you know, when I've looked at the crosses and some of the crosses that God has given, has given me, I, I can't, you know, you can't compare crosses because, you know, we, we, here's another one. Here's another saying kind of on here is like, well, there's always someone who has it worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, who cares? I mean, I, yeah, someone does have it worse, but I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about my cross, not your cross. Right. And, right. Um, I think God knows exactly what we need, uh, in order to, to grow in holiness. And, uh, but to be, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair to God, that sounds, so <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, you, uh, to be, to be, um, you know, uh, honest with myself towards God, let's put it that way. Um, I can honestly say that the crosses that God permitted me to have, uh, some of them brutal, but they were perfect for me. And I think they really put me in my place and they really make me depend upon him. And, um, but it's not, it isn't easy in the way that we think it's easy. Yeah. It's yeah. suitable. It's a better way of looking at it. So that ties in with right. God never gives you more than handle. He does give you more than <laughs> handle, but he gives you the suitable graces to carry that suitable cross. Right. And I mean, and that's kind of like the, the through line with all the phrases we've been talking about, you know, it's, does God call, call the qualified? Nobody gives grace in the grace qualifies you. Um, does God help those who help themselves? Well, he gives you the grace, which is his help, you know? Yeah. Have you seen the, um, the Padre Pio movie yet? Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I, I liked it too. Well, I liked it, but I was also, it ended like, to me, it ended very abruptly. You know, mm -hmm. and I wasn't expecting to end that way. But 
one of the one of the scenes that I really liked, and I don't maybe you'll know. I don't actually know if this is from just from the script or if it's actually from Padre Pio's like you know own letters or, or reflections, but where he was talking about how you know when he used to sit you know beneath his mother as she was doing the embroidery and it looks so ugly from the underside, and then yeah, you know yeah. on the proper side you see how beautiful it is and how all those knots and all those that ugliness makes this like beautiful embroidery, and he he used that as an analogy for you know, the suffering that we're going through, it looks so ugly here below, you know, from our perspective. But when we, when we get to heaven and we see the other side of the embroidery, like we'll see this beautiful tapestry. Right. That's it. Uh, you got it. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I think we could probably have time for, for one more. Um, oh yeah. Okay. This is a great one. <laughs> and this, this is one that non-Christians say too. Um, well, actually I'll tie, I'll tie these two together. One is that everything happens for a reason. And two is that everything's going to be okay. Um, oh gosh. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> right. I love this because I, this is, this is great. Cause I'm hearing this a lot and I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. So which one are we talking about? Well, I think we can time together. Um, but yeah, let's start with the first one. Does everything happen for a reason? Uh, and again, that's something that people, a lot of these phrases, they're things that people say when we're going through suffering, you know, it's, it's meant to be a consolation. Well, everything happens for a reason. You're like, yeah, but my house just caught on it's fire. A cheap, it's, it, it, it really sounds like a cheap throwaway line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, everything happens for a reason. All we can do is pray about it, you know, um, which pray about it. Like it's true. We all can do is pray about it, but um. It, in saying that is because you've given up trying to find a solution with God's grace. If all mm. we can do is pray about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. let's kind of, you know, God always gives solutions, maybe not what we want, but he gives us what we need. Right. So uh, is there truth that everything happens for a reason? Of course. I mean, it's, but it goes to, I mean, this is, this is one of the toughest things to talk about. It could be a whole podcast is the whole thing about providence and evil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, Actually, let me uh, let me just look that up in the catechism real okay. quick. Um, okay. Hold on one second. CCC. Catechism. Uh, okay. Pro evil. Let's say providence. Yeah. So let's let's. So does everything happen for a reason? All right. See, there's this is this is where it gets tricky. Not everything is a part of God's absolute will. Right. But God permits evil for a good. So, like, I mean. Sometimes things happen because we're idiots. I mean, <laughs> that's you know the what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, everything happens reason. Well, the reason it happens because we, we failed to do God's will and therefore we're suffering because of it. Now I'm not saying everything is that way. That's not a fair statement for all situations, mm -hmm. especially people that, you know, wake up one day with some chronic, you know, illness. Sometimes it's related to something they did and sometimes not. Right. 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 But I, where the hope comes in is that, um, if we unite the problem, let's use the big, you know, quotations, quote unquote problem to God, it will indeed bear fruit. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I mean, listeners, I, I've been out of the parish now the second time for like, you know, three months, almost two months now, almost three months and maybe another two months after surgery. But I just been like pulling what's left of my hair out. And, <laughs> and I keep saying like, what's I in prayer? It's like, well, God, what's the point of this right. you know like like i want to be back in my parish i want to be doing like like the work you did to do and then god's like well this is the work i want you to do right now 
is mm -hmm. to pray and suffer. I'm like, well, that's not my will. Yeah. And it goes back to the last saying, right? Uh, now, will it work out good? Yes, ultimately, but maybe not in this life. Yeah. And that's what scares me and scares most people because, all right, so for instance, next, next week I have surgery and I'm like getting so nervous about it. And so my hope is it can get me back to being, you know, pretty active again and, you know, uh, not in chronic pain and all this other stuff, which I've been struggling with. Um, is it hundred percent effective? There's nothing hundred percent effective, but what happens if it doesn't work? Well, you can say, all right, um, then God will use it for some good. I, you say, I tried everything. I leave the rest up to God. Yeah. And, but I do think that there has been even a lot of good through the situation I've been through. And when I, when you look at other people that go through problems, um, you know, a lot of times their crosses do bear a lot of fruit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but here, I mean, all right. So this, here's another saying, right? Because I think when we, when we say that our hope is it will turn out good on this earth, right? Exactly. It might not. Yeah. Not the way we want, mm -hmm. right? Maybe not the way we want, but it will turn out good in the next life. And that's something we don't want to hear because like, we want it now. Exactly. I know I want it now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here preaching at people. And right. I used to be uh, much more like, yeah, you could, you know, you know, accept everything. And, and we do. But I, I think, you know, when you kind of been in the mud for a while, it's like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to perfect you. I'm trying to keep you out of purgatory. I'm trying to make it good at the end. All right. Yeah. But we, we struggle with every type of suffering, every type of cross that God gives us. We complain about everything that's inconvenient. And we're so impatient with what God trying to do with us. And we don't enjoy the ride because it stinks. <laughs> right. Yeah. But do we believe that ultimately we turn out good? St. Bernadette's Cerebro, right? Yes. You no, know, she, this is a very interesting, I was preaching this to the pilgrims before they left on the pilgrimage to go to France, which I didn't go on, but anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, it was like, there'd be tons of, tons of pilgrimages. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, here we go. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay? I have to accept that. But here's the deal is I was really comforted by something. And I didn't know this about her. I'm actually reading her biography right now. But our lady told her in like the, one of the first apparitions she had, where she started speaking, she said, I promise you, you'll be happy forever in heaven, but I do not promise you happiness on earth. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, you know, can you imagine like, hi, you get to see our lady, like so fired yeah. up, like, weak, you know, and then all of a sudden you get this like bomb dropped on you. And it's like, and let's be honest, look at the lives of the saints. Yeah. I mean, on paper, their life was not, was not fun. Mm -mm. I mean, I mean, torture, death, calumny, uh, rejection, uh, physical problems, mental problems, you know, spiritual dryness. I mean, you name it. Um, not knowing what the outcome is going to be their own people turning on them. You, you name it. They went through it and, but it turned out great in the end. Now, Sometimes God, now the on the flip side, God's also a loving father. Right. And he also knows your breaking point. Mm -hmm. And I got to trust that God's not going to allow you to be broken too bad. Yeah. That's going to bring that point, but not further than that, because he knows you because you're your dad. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're like, all right, Lord, 
Are you going to, I mean, he is going to break us, but he's not going to drop us. That's the point. Yeah, no, it, I was really struck by that too. When I, I went to the Lord's last summer and like, it was so puzzling to me that one of the messages that Mary gave to Bernadette was to do penance. And I'm just thinking like, wait a second, her life was already penitential. Like she lived in a jail cell because her family was too poor to, to even live in a home. Right. Um, but, but there was this mystery in her life, you know, a similar kind of to St. Therese, like, you know, their, her, her family, her parents went through so much suffering, but there was so much love in their household. You know, there's so much love between like the fathers for the daughters that I think it, it really did mirror that that love of that God has for us that there were so many trials but there was paradoxically paradoxically like still this this tenderness and this care that that they experienced right. like in the midst of all that right no 100 so yeah I, I I think yeah once again it's all these sayings have like it's like there's there's like it stops too short mm. okay you know will it work out good Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, yes. Will it work out necessary on earth? Always good. Ultimately, maybe. Right, right. Goes back. I think it goes back to the previous thing we talked about is what's the suitable cross needed for you to get to heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Paul says all things work for the good of those who love God, but I love that line. It's beautiful. I think that's, that's really, that's what we should say to people. I mean, mm -hmm. rather than using pithy sage, use scripture. Hey, I always tell the people when they're like, just freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I have six kids. My wife's pregnant with her seventh Romans 8, 28. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I just found I get cancer. Romans 8, 28. Yeah. You got surgery next week. Romans 8, 28. Mm -hmm. uh, I lost my job. Romans 8, 28. You know? Right. Um, yeah. Right. I just think that's so, because like, when you read that, like, look, the word of God's infallible. Exactly. And everything works for good for that soul, for those who love the Lord. The problem is, do we allow the problems to lessen our love of God is the ultimate trial. Hmm. Yeah. Because what happens is we're like, all right, Lord, like if you love me, you would, uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like in the Bible, it says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. I think we flip that with God sometimes. <laughs> if you love me, you keep my commands. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. God is God. We are human. We are creatures. We are completely, completely dependent upon God's grace and providence. I mean, God, it was saying the God the, in the catechism, God made us without our permission. He'll, he'll, he'll take us without our permission too. And, you know, I mean, we, we are, I mean, even our next heartbeat depends upon God and his providence. So I think that's, that's kind of where, where maybe that's the, where we can end this, this sort of uh, podcast is like, why don't we use scripture more often? Mm, yeah. Rather than these hallmark pithy. Right. Songs. Right. And, and scripture is like living and active. And so I think there's a way in which it will strike your heart in a way that these statements don't, you know, you, you hear them, you're kind of like, well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess so, but it doesn't cut to the heart the way scripture will. There's something, I mean, really supernatural about scripture. Right. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Uh, I enjoy this thoroughly. Uh, Mary, <laughs> Mary, so good. Thanks Great. for having me. Um, praying for all of you down in St. Mary. Yes. You know? Many prayers so, for you for surgery next week. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Everything works out for good. I know. It'll all work out. Okay. <laughs> right. God does it give you more than you can handle.
I know. Well, just offer it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to do that one. Okay. Let me give you all a blessing for the intercession of St. Bernadette, who we talked about in this podcast. May God bless you and protect you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All righty. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. God bless you.